재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Jennifer Chang is our usual on-the-move travel and culture contributor, but she's got some well-deserved time off this week. So we've turned to a long-time friend of this program, someone you would have heard in the earlier days of the program. Hana Yoon is here. Nowadays, she's a contributor to Lonely Planet, and she's just published an awesome article with them. She's here to talk about it with us. Hi, Hana. Hi, long-time friend somehow makes me sound really old. You are not old. You are <laughs> definitely edgy, young, and all of that stuff. I mean, the program's not that old. It's only about three years. So as long as you're older than three years, and I can say that, that's fine. Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of people get really surprised when Seoul tops those lists of, like, most expensive cities for expats. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's not that surprising. I feel like Seoul is... It's ultimately not as cheap as you would think it is, unless you're like living off kimbap and taking the bus every day. But I feel like if you go out for dinner a few times and, um, you know, you take a couple of cabs in a week, the costs really add up. Yeah. And um, so I was thinking about all these free things that are available in Seoul um, to do when you have friends that come visit. For me, that's like a real... Um, wallet buster when I have like four friends that visit and I feel like I have to back take to them back. out to dinner. Back to back, you gotta take them to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> take them out for drinks and then it really um, builds costs. So I compiled this list of uh, free things to do in Seoul and among them, you know, if you kind of put it into your routine of showing people around, you can save some money. Sure. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah, and um, one of my favorite places to take people when they visit or um, or just to go on like kind of a lonely day is the Yungdongju Literature Museum. Have you ever been there? Never been. I'm already learning something. It's, it's so beautiful. It's located on the, mount, on the foot of Mount Yunwangsan. And it's this small like three-room literature museum that's dedicated to um, the famous poet Yungdongju. And um, he's famous for poems like A Night for Counting Stars and Self-Portrait. Hmm. The Jongnogu district built this exhibition space, space out of a pumping station and water tank. So I don't know if you can imagine that. In order to commemorate the poet and his time here in 2012. The city likes to reconvert tanks. <laughs> We've got this oil tank park right nearby. Have you ever been to yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Um, you know, I think it's been kind of a trend for the past few years. And there are so many cafes um, And like art gallery spaces that are like that. They're really nice, open, echoey spaces, a tank. Um, Yes. This particular one, I wouldn't say is nice and open necessarily. So it's like, um, it's three small rooms that are called galleries each. And the first room is like a little, it's it's like a literature museum where you have all these books And you have first first editions of, um, you know, his poems. Mm. And there's a small well there that refers to this poem called Self-Portrait. The second one is literally like an open space. Okay. Um, So you go in and it's kind of what I imagine a Russian prison prison to look like, except that um, it is really beautiful. It's it's kind of like a box with no top. Okay. <laughs> a very tall box. You, no you really sell it. You know? <laughs> no. Welcome to Seoul. Hey, I no, got this place. I think place. there are pictures right there. PD it's, is putting up some pictures. Yeah, and uh, you, from there you can see like the sky and it's so beautiful. It's a very wistful look up at a the sky in a frame of these four walls and a few tree branches poking over. Uh, it's evocative. Yes. And the third room when you go in it is, um, it's like kind of the exact opposite. Okay, maybe the third room is more like a Russian prison where like it's a box with no top. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, there's like a tiny like hole at the top where you can see some light come in. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so dark, they played, um, they screened this kind of short documentary about him. And during the documentary, you can hear some of his poems read out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only in Korean, but I think you still get a sense of, you know, his poetry and why he's so important. Um, Who was it telling us just the other month or so, uh, poetry is on some of the big, the bestseller lists in Korea. That's very different about Korea than other places. Oh, I didn't know that. The degree to which yeah. people still value poetry and pay for it in, the, mm. in the, the way of bestsellers. Well, I guess it makes sense seeing all the like subway poetry up there. Yeah. <laughs> Koreans like their poetry. Um, but, you know, like a great part of this is not only just the museum itself, but if you go towards the back, there is a place called like Poets Hill. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know, it really reminds me of something out of Shakespeare. You go on this little hill and you can see like Amsan Tower from far away. And there's um, some of his poetry inscribed into a huge stone. And then there's a place called Star Garden where you can have like a coffee and, you know, admire the flowers. Mm. So it's a very, it's a very poetic place. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically, it sounds like a place to go when the main attraction is like the the conversation between the people, right? I also think it's a great place to go by yourself if you're a literature lover. Sure. Um, honestly, my Korean isn't amazing, so I couldn't fully enjoy the extent of his poetry. But, you know, even, even if you can't, I think there's something poetic about the place in itself. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting looking place. It's an interesting piece of architecture. And it's a great, looks like a great little walking course with um, a, a bit of literary appeal as well. Yeah, and our next location also has literary appeal. It's the Cheongwon Literature Library. Right. Um, I've written about it as the most beautiful library in Korea. Uh, it's just down the street from this poet's museum. Mm. And um, if you go down the street from the poet's museum, you see like a hanok and you kind of wonder, what is the space? And you go in there and the... It's made up of three floors, um, and the third floor is just this hanok with all these reading rooms in it. So when I went there, um, there was um, a woman studying in the room by herself and two friends who were just, like, chatting away. So it literally just looks like a like an empty hanok. Mm. But then you go downstairs and you realize there's a library attached mm. to it. And, um, you know, it's just a regular library. There aren't that many books in English. Um, but it's a bustling place. A lot of people go and then you can rent a book from the first floor, take an elevator up to the third floor in the empty hanok and read it there. That's nice. Um, yeah. And I think it's a great place to take someone if, uh, you know, they can't really walk in, up and downstairs that sure. well. Because there aren't that many libraries in Seoul where you can take an elevator upstairs and have like a view like that. And literature. So I, sp- I suppose this just spans centuries of literature. Or is it a particular type of, li- or is it just kind of broad no, literature? No, it's just like a library. It's a library. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's the first uh, Hanok library of Chungnogu, so it's a very special place. Cool. And you can just rock up to it and walk in. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, for me, one of the things I really like to do when I travel abroad is go to these religious spaces. Mm. Especially, you know, you think about like when you go to Europe, you visit all these old churches. And I think when people th- think about churches in Seoul, they usually think of like Myeongdong Cathedral. Surely, yeah. Um, but, you know, other than Myeongdong Cathedral, there are so many beautiful little hidden churches out there that you wouldn't really suspect to be in Seoul. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one that a lot of people think about is the Seoul Anglican Cathedral, which is, you know, really beautiful. Yep. But a personal favorite of mine is the Yakhyun Cathedral. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's this behind. is yet again another thing I've <laughs> never been to. Um, it's very close to the end of Seollo, 
So it's mm. close to Seoul Station. Um, it's very hidden. I used to live around here, which is the only reason that I know it so well. It's built in the Gothic style, and it's one of the first Catholic churches to be built in this Western style right oh, after wow. Myeongdong Cathedral. And it's a very small, quiet church. Um, it has this great view of s u n g n e m u n right from there. And the name comes from a hill with medicinal herbs. So, you know, um, you, it's, you just walk up this little hill and... It looks something like out of a sound of music, you yeah. know, um, like video. you just stepped into, um, you know, Dusseldorf or one of those southern German <laughs> towns, right? Yeah, and there are all these like nuns walking around. Mm. When I went, um, it was a Saturday, and there were these little children practicing, I think, for choir inside. Mm-hmm. So it really felt like this kind of heavenly space. Right in, um, right near Seoul Station, where you wouldn't really expect it. And it's an operating church, right? So you could go to services there on Sunday yeah, if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And I peeked inside, and there's this beautiful stained glass in the inside. So um, if you are you are Catholic, um, it's a great place to go pray. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, so it's definitely worth checking That out. It's going on my list for sure. <laughs> Uh, the next one should also go on your list, which is Kyusangsa. So, you know, when we talk about um, temples in Seoul, we usually think about like Chogyesa, right? Yeah. Which is right in, in Sadong. And, you know, one of the most beautiful temples is really Kyusangsa, which is in Songbukdong. Um, and the temple is right down the street from the Korea Furniture Museum, which is also beautiful but very expensive. Oh, it's expensive. I was really expecting the Furniture Museum to be on this list because you were the one that told me about it years ago, a couple yeah, of years ago. But if you remember, it, um, it has charge. quite the entrance fee and uh, you have to book a tour in advance. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, if you want to go there like with one other person and pay for them, yeah. that's great. But I don't think it's like a place where you take five friends. Got it. <laughs> but you could double barrel it. You could do the Furniture Museum and g i l s a n g s a Yeah, that's what I did. Um, and k i r s a n g s a interestingly enough, it used to be a restaurant. So it's a restaurant turned temple. It doesn't have hmm. this old, old history that you kind of expect it to have. It was built in 1997. But the natural surroundings and, you know, the wealth of English language programs is really what makes it key to go here. And it's great for anyone who's kind of a beginner in Buddhism because they have a lot of these one-day classes nice. if you look on their website. And it's also a great place to temple stay if you want to do that, but you can't go that far. Mm. Um, one of the things I really liked about the temple were um, there are all these like nuns and monks who walk around there and it's so peaceful. Mm. And it's great to see like all those religions in harmony together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While we're on temples, I would put a plug in for uh, Bongwonsa, right next to um, the east gate of Yonsei University, up the hill. I used to live near there, and I was so partial to that. Oh. You know, it's a beautiful little temple area, and then right behind it is a teeny-weeny mountain you can be up and down in about an hour. Oh, great. And have a great view of Seoul. all free of charge. That's the one where you have to hike up there. Well, to get to the temple, you don't really. You have to walk uphill. It's a mm. modest uphill walk, but I would never call it a hike. Okay, because you know how I feel about <laughs> I know. I know how you feel about, um, <laughs> you know, moving and uphill inclines. <laughs> but uh, it's behind the temple that you do the real proper hike. And even that is not too, too demanding. Okay. Um, my next um, one, I've talked about this, you know, years ago on the show. It's the Jeolju-san mm-hmm. Martyr Grounds. And, you know, I think I've talked about it as one of my fa- favorite, like, date locations. Mm-hmm. But I went there recently. I felt kind of bad for previously saying that. It's um, 
The name of it is actually Beheading Mountain and it's the location of the Pyongyang persecution of 1866. It's this very quiet, solemn place, um, also very Catholic, where there are all these like um, saint statues and women go there to pray. You know, I didn't realize how many people were going there to pray because I'd always gone when it was kind of dark. Mm. But if you go during the day, it's... It's very interesting, the contrast that it plays to Hongdae and the Han River, because it's right there with the view of the Han River. But there are all these um, women who are praying in front of the statues, who come in groups to pray together. So it's a very silent, solemn place, but it's very calming as well. Uh, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You said Jeolju-san means beheading mountain? Uh, no, um, the name of the mountain, the name of the little hill actually originally means beheading mountain. The little, the, okay, not the mm-hmm. mountain, but the, the little hill. Uh, uh, Jol- I, I would have to double check I'll that. I'll tell you what, PD will uh, <laughs> rev up the old uh, search engine. We'll figure out exactly what's going on there. But this is a, uh, a martyr's, a religious martyr's memorial. Right. So um, there are like all these statues of the people that were um, martyred. And there's also a martyr's museum there. Um, they call it a martyr's museum, but it's actually like a little mini museum of torture. Is it? It shows you all the torture that they went to. I mean, um, there are these tour guides who are there and they themselves kind of laugh at the museum sometimes because there are all these torture tactics and you can actually try them out. So you can put your head in like the, mm, the stockade or yes, something like that or yes. the, the guillotine mm. type deal. Uh-huh, and they have all these like sticks that they used to beat people with. Mm-mm. Um, I, It kind of, you know, it should be a little bit more revered than it is. But when you go there, like little children who go play with it. So it's not too heavy. It's a little bit uh, like the Sadebun prison basement where they have all of those torture things, which is absolutely solemn subject matter. But you get a lot of kids groups in there and it uh, kind of is a little bit like a jungle gym in a way, you know. You know, I have to admit that I haven't been to the basement of the southern. Yeah, region. they've got sort of the <laughs> the mock up of the prison where they would keep the um, the freedom fighters and so on, and um, you know, so it's it's utterly you know it's heart attack serious in terms of the content, but you get a lot of kids groups running around and they just kind of notice that there's a lot of stuff to to try. The Choldu, I'm informed from our PD in Choldusan means to cut off the head, so. Uh, You were right the first time. It's the Choldu <laughs> San means beheading mountain. Okay. Mm. Um, the next one is also a very solemn place, but it's a very beautiful place to go as well. It's the Yangwajin Foreign Missionary Seminary. It's very close to um, the Choldu San water grounds. Um, and you can actually go on a free uh, Seoul City tour there, which is what I did when I visited here. It dates back to uh, 1890 when the medical missionary uh, John Heron passed away in Korea and it was the first international cemetery because many foreign... It's known as the first international cemetery because many foreign missionaries are buried here. Mm -hmm. So some famous names you'll see are like Homer Hubert, who was the American missionary and journalist who took part in the independence movement in Korea. And his headstone actually says, I would rather be buried in Korea than in Westminster Abbey, Hmm. right? Which is a thing. Uh, There's Horace Grant Underwood. Uh, You might recognize Underwood from sure. his brother, you know, who did the typewriters. And he's the name behind Yonsei University and the Seoul YMCA. Hmm. He was originally buried in New Jersey and his body was moved to the cemetery in 1999. Hmm. Um, and then there's Clarence Ridge- Ridgeby Greathouse, who was a lawyer that was 
um, leading the investigation of the murder of Byung Song Hao. Right. So there are so many stories that you can pick up about history and about like expat history as well. Why being at the cemetery? <laughs> I, I, there's a running theme. You're, you're, you're kind of a quirky individual, Hannah. It's like, hey, welcome to Seoul. But Guys, you know- we're going to a Russian prison, <laughs> we're going to Beheading Mountain, and we're going to a Martyr's Cemetery, <laughs> and then we're going to go see dead foreign missionaries. You know, but everyone knows about, like, the free museums that you can visit. Right. And these places are really these cool, like, off-the-beaten-track destinations that you wouldn't normally think to take your friends. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I go abroad, I love going to cemeteries. Of course. Yeah, no, <laughs> cemeteries are, uh, they have the, the, the quiet, they have, mm. they, they have the historical feel. One of the first places I went to in Macau was the Foreign Missionaries Cemetery. Oh, okay. Oh, man, you should go there if you go to Macau because they, they're from this era, like the 1600s, mm-hmm. when they didn't just say born and died. They would go, this is Mary Margaret who <laughs> uh, got the fever and struggled for 30 days before God's angels lifted her aloft. You know, there's a uh-huh. whole story on the gravestones, you know. Well, okay, I'm going to switch to something that's a little bit more lighthearted now because you just made fun of me for my... I didn't make fun of you. I appreciated (laughs) your uh, slightly offbeat nature, which is great. I think I would enjoy a free day of walking around with you. (laughs) So the next destination is the Tongmyo Flea Market. Um, Oh, cool. uh, As a travel writer, you know, I have to admit there are some places I regret writing about because I write about them and they get so big, not Mm -hmm. to toot my own horn. Sure. But I recently went to the Tongmyo Flea Market and, you know, nine years ago when I went here there were no tourists at all but this time i did notice that there are a lot of tourists here um so you know please go in small groups only (laughs) what's the main attraction there for you uh like do you look for vintage clothing or what you know um i'm listing this under free things to do because there's so many markets where you can go and buy stuff i wouldn't necessarily describe it as a buying stuff market it's the kind of place where you go and you look because they you have these I don't know, old men and women who have been coming to this market for years and they literally bring the things that they have from their house and spread it out. Mm -hmm. So you see everything from like used massage machines to like um, underwear from 1001 and like literally mountain piles of T-shirts. Okay. Um, It's it's a very interesting place. You know, um, I don't recommend buying the 1001 underwear, but it is, it's a definitely, (laughs) it's like... Why, should I haggle? <laughs> 501 no more for that underwear. Um you know it's an interesting place. It's like it's like a big garage sale, you know, and being from the US, you learn so much about people from their um garage sale items. So uh-huh. you can there are you know there are things oh, to yeah. buy here. Um no, you can buy it's like wild. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting place. A flea market is always a cool place. Just, you know, the the, the stories and the rare finds, you know. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of uh, celebrities still talk about how they go to flea markets and they look for that little, you know, sort of rare find item. Yeah, but I wish they wouldn't because now they're raising the prices for everyone yeah, else. Yeah, that's right. They're creating sort of this hipster chic of flea markets. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my favorite place to people watch is the Kyungi Line Forest Park. Mm. Um, I would say it's more about the dogs than the people because there's so many dogs there. I'm dying oh, to get true. a dog, yeah. but I can't because my apartment doesn't let one. Um, you know, it's a park. Everyone knows about the park. It's um, built on the 100-year-old train tracks that once led to North Korea. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you go to, like, the trendy 
part of it, like in Yeonamdong, you get all these young people with dogs. Yeah. And then if you go towards like Gongdeokdong, you get families with dogs. Well, so this is a great place to watch dogs. Colin and I, we do a thing, urbanism, once mm-hmm. a month. And a few months back, that was the destination. We just walked the entire length of this thing. And there are several chunks of this line that have their own personality. Yeah, One yeah. section is the coffee row. We yes. called it coffee uh-huh. row. And it's all a bunch of little hip cafes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The book gallery. Mm-mm. So yeah. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of dogs. That's my favorite part. Um, so actual freebies. Um, you can get a free gift at the Blue House. I don't know if you've ever gone on the Blue House tour. I have to admit that I haven't gone on it myself. I heard that the tour itself is not super stimulating. Um, but there are like some highlights. You can see like a very old tree that's there. Um, yeah. And there is like a beautiful garden as well. But apparently it's all about t h e s free gift at the end. No um, way. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't even know the Blue House did tours. Yeah, you know, um, they've given out things like watches and silk purses. Well, those Moon Jae-in watches went through the roof in terms <laughs> of how popular they were. So right? maybe now is the time to go. I don't know what they're giving out now specifically. But you have to book these tours on months in advance. And um, they do have translating machines for people that, are, that can't speak Korean. Well, there's that. And the Blue House has also opened up various roads and paths around it, uh-huh, right? Okay. Um, there's one. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Remember the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the street that's just in front of the Blue House used to be closed off. Yeah. And now that's open. You can come and get your selfies and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And over the years, they've opened various um, hiking paths and things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. around it. So in general, there's more access to the, to the Blue House than before. Yeah, and you can get yourself a free watch. Get a free watch. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that sounds good. So a tour of the Blue House, but you got a book. It may take you a few months, but, uh, you know, get yourself on the list. Yeah, or if you have friends that are coming, uh, make sure that they book in advance as well. Um, Now, this is one of my favorite things to do just in daily life, which is go to the big grocery stores during four to six. I think four to six is the best time. You might be right. My mom says lunchtime is the best time. So, you know, there's a little debate going on. I'm inclined to agree with you because I go midday Mm -hmm. often, Mm -hmm. getting free from this morning routine and I go to, to do my shopping. There's not much free going on. But when, for some reason, like end of day rush hour, Mm-hmm. There's all the free weenies and pieces of meat and yeah, uh, little yeah. cups of soy milk and everything. There is a big one in Central Seoul. I think that's the best one to go to. And they have the best like instant noodle really? samples, right? So you can have like the like spicy ramyun and you can have like the instant dingyun and you can get like four or five and it's like, it's like a free dinner. <laughs> yeah. By the time you make your way carefully through all the free samples, you've basically eaten. Oh, and, you know, department stores are great around like 7 to 8.30, right? Department stores. The only downside is that they get really crowded and chaotic. But the more crowded and chaotic they are, the more free samples are likely to be on (laughs) offer. So you won't have that quiet that you'll have up on Jeoljusan, but at least you'll be getting some free samples along the way. Hana, it's been a real treat to have you in. Thank you for filling in, and I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, thank you.